Read-alouds with Mr. McCormick. Welcome to Read-alouds with Mr. McCormick. Kick back and listen in your sweats to some quality writing from prominent preteen authors. The voice recordings are performed by your favorite failed lounge singer, Mr. McCormick himself. Enjoy. In this final episode of Restart on Read Alouds with Mr. McCormick, find out exactly what happens at Chase's trial, whether or not he ends up in juvie, if anyone comes to defend him, and what the future of his life might look like. All this and much, much, much more to come. Enjoy. Chapter 28, Shoshana Weber. By the time I get to Portland Street, I'm walking so fast that the others are half a block behind me and running to catch up. Chase, I didn't think I could be madder at him than I already am. But this almost makes it worse. He's innocent on the attack of Joel. I saw it with my own eyes. It was easier when I could just hate his guts, no questions asked. But it's not as simple as that. Now, every time I work myself into a good rage, I'll see him trying to protect Joel, or working with the video club, or interacting with Mr. Soloway, and that will ruin everything. It's the mix of good and bad that makes my head spin. Worse, a lot of the mean things I said turn out, turned out to be wrong, and I might be too, it might be too late for me to take them back. In the lobby, I wait for others to catch up and drag them down the hall to Mr. Soloway's room. I knock on the door, and but burst inside... Sorry, I knock on the door, but burst inside without waiting for an answer. The old man is doubled over his favorite chair, working on his sneaker lace with intense concentration. Spying me, he exclaims, Well, don't just stand there. Come on, come in and help me undo this knot. I don't bend in the middle like I used to. And when I do get close enough, I can't see it. I step inside, and the others follow. By all means, Mr. Soloway adds, invite the whole world. Watch the old codger trying to untie his shoes. Who's bringing the popcorn? You're going to have to blow up the balloons yourself. I haven't got the wind for it anymore. I kneel down and pick up, pick the knot out of his shoelace. Mr. Soloway, I ask breath- breathlessly, has Chase been here yet? He shakes his head. Haven't seen him in days. You either, he adds a little accusingly. I feel awful. I haven't come by since Joel got hurt, and now I realize that Chase hasn't visited since that since that horrible day either. It never occurred to me before because my only thoughts were about Chase. Sorry, my only thoughts about Chase were how much I despised him. But to Mr. Soloway, it must look like we didn't need him anymore because our video was finished, and we just tossed him aside. It's my fault, I confess. I got mad at Chase for something that was only partially his fault. That's why he stopped coming. Not because he didn't want to see you, but because he didn't want to see me. And I stopped because I didn't want to run into him. I feel a hand on my shoulder. Joel is standing next to me, and I realize he's trying to tell me... Sorry, that he's trying to tell me. I get so worked up about this emotionally that I'm not making much sense. A crooked smile spreads over Mr. Soloway's craggy face. I wouldn't wouldn't be young again for all the tea in China. My gosh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Kimberly steps forward. We saw a movie about you in my school. That was Warrior, Brendan supplies quickly. The project Shoshana and Chase did together. There's a commotion out in the hall, loud voices and pounding footsteps. Mr. Soloway frowns. Not wheelchair roller derby again. 
the greatest generation. They think they own the world. I poke my head out the door in time to see Chase sprinting towards me with, of all things, a vacuum cleaner clutched in his arms. As I watch, he's yanked violently backwards off his feet. He falls hard, still clinging to the appliance. Aaron is on the floor behind him, both hands on the electrical cord that brought Chase down. Bear hurdles the fallen, the fallen Aaron and descends on Chase like a bird of prey. And when Chase won't give up the vacuum, Bear rains punches on his head and shoulders. I hear a cry of outrage from Kimberly, but it's not as loud as my own. The two of us rush forward and jump on Bear, trying to pull him off Chase and it works. He scrambles back to his feet and shoves us away from him. Kimberly bounces off the wall, and as we stumble together, our heads meet with a crack. I see stars. Hey! Little undersized Brendan comes flying at Bear, his anger lending him courage nobody ever thought he had. He begins pummeling Bear, landing blow after blow. It's insane. David versus Goliath. He isn't even making proper fists. His thumbs stick out like apple stems. Then Bear's shocked expression turns to cruel glee. And he laughs even as Brendan continues to flail on him. Eventually, he hauls him off and catches his much smaller assailant with a bone-crushing uppercut to the jaw. Brendan lifts off the floor and lands six feet away. Amazingly, Brendan springs up, his chin bright red from the punch, and starts for Bear again. Chase is on his feet, reaching out to hold Brendan off. It's a good idea. Those two gorillas could hardly dismantle, could really dismantle him. Aaron snatches the vacuum off the floor and draws it back like a baseball bat. And the ball is Chase's head. I rasp a warning. Chase! Mr. Soloway's walker comes freewheeling down the hall. It slams into Aaron's kidneys just when he's off balance for the home run swing. He and the vacuum tip over the tip over backwards onto Bear. Three of them, Aaron, Bear, and the Hoover, clatter to the floor. Ha! Bullseye, exclaims Mr. Soloway with satisfaction. There they are. The heavy doors at the end of the corridor are thrown open, and Joel appears, leading Nurse Duncan and two security guards. Way to go, Joel. At least somebody had the brains to go for help. Aaron and Bear are ready to fight another round, but the arrival of security and the head nurse puts an end to that action. Brawling in the middle of a court-ordered community service won't look good on their records. Bear points an accusing finger at Chase. It's his fault! Nurse Duncan is in a towering rage. What is? Residents are beginning to appear in the doorways to investigate the cause of the disturbance, so the head nurse drops her voice. What is all this insanity about? In answer, Chase pulls the filter back on the hoover and dumps the contents onto the floor. He digs through the mound of fuzz and dirt and comes up with a star-spangled ribbon, gray with dust. Dangling off the end of it is the highest and most renowned military decoration any American soldier can earn. The Medal of Honor. Not even the contents of the vacuum can dull its brilliance. Is that mine? Mr. Soloway asks in amazement. Chase nods. I took it from you. I don't remember doing it. It was before my accident, but that's no excuse. He hands it to his rightful owner and bows his head, shamefaced. It was the old you, Brandon mumbles around a rapidly swelling jaw. There's only one me, Chase says it so quietly I can hardly hear him. Mr. Soloway turns the metal over in his fingers. He seems stunned. What about those two clowns, he asks. Were they in on it? Aaron and Bear turn terrified eyes on their former best friend. It was just me, Chase replies. I took it and hid it behind a loose cedar sh um, shake on the roof. Shake? Must be shackle, sorry. On the roof of my house. That's what... I was doing when I fell. I guess I got what I deserved. 
He shakes his head. I don't know why I would do such an awful thing. I must have thought I could sell it. Mr. Soloway looks shocked and very sad. I almost speak up for Chase, but the sight of the stolen metal strikes me mute. Good Chase, bad Chase. There's no question that we're looking at the handiwork of the worst one of all. I can tell that Joel wants to support Chase, but he doesn't know what to say. He's the quiet twin. I'm the mouthy one. Brendan's jaw is turning purple, so he's not talking either. Kimberly's completely lost, and Aaron and Bear are so relieved that no one's blaming them that they're keeping their mouth shut too. The only words come from Nurse Duncan. Well, I have no idea what any of this is supposed to mean. The one thing I understand is that a crime has been committed here. She takes a deep breath. I'm calling the police. Chapter 29, Chase Ambrose. There are worse things than falling off a roof. Being arrested, for example. Being known all over town as the guy who was low enough to rob an old war hero of the medal given to him by the President of the United States. The part that really hurts is what Mr. Soloway must think of me now. I stole from a person I respect more than anyone I've ever met. Talk about fate. I was already guilty of the theft before I even started admiring the guy. And I'm absolutely sure he'll never speak to me again. Why should he? I wish... I, could, I wish I could never speak to me again. While we wait for my hearing in juvenile court, Mom keeps me out of school. I like it better that way. I don't have to face everybody and find out how much they despise me. Yeah, sure, they always despise me, but now they've got double reason to. Brennan and Shoshana have even called my house, but Mom won't let me talk to anyone. That's on the advice of our lawyer, but it's just fine with me. I can only imagine what Shoshana has to say to me, and I don't want to hear it. Anyway, it can't be worse than the things I'm saying to myself. Aaron and Bear tried to call too, probably to thank me for covering them. Hey, I stole the medal. But those guys have to be considered at least accomplices because of, all th because of our three-way split agreement. To be honest, I'm not even mad at them anymore. I was just as bad as they are, the ringleader of the whole sick trio. They haven't changed at all. I'm the one who's different. At least I hope I'm different. Besides, I don't have to deal with them anymore after the hearing. I'll probably wind up in juvie. Even when I get out, chances are their parents won't let them associate with me. I'm a delinquent, a bad influence on them. For all I know, that might actually be the truth. Maybe Aaron and Bear were a couple of angels before they met me. Juvie. There's a high probability I'm going to end up there. The judge is the same one who sentenced Aaron, Bear, and me to community service. So I can't even say this is my first offense. As I'm pleading not guilty, it's too late for that. Everybody knows I did it. As for, excuse me. My mom forgives me, but that doesn't mean much. If you can't expect mercy from your own mother, you might as well throw in the towel. Johnny's come back from college to stand with me at the hearing, which means I'm messing up his life too. The only other people I see are dad and his family. Go figure, my stepmother Corinne turns out to be my biggest fan at a time when I'm toe-jammed to the rest of the world. Not that mom isn't supportive, but she's so scared of what's going to happen to me that her nervousness is making everybody nuts. Corinne's different. First, I'm not her kid. And second, she's not the one who might be going to juvie. So she can be a little less emotional about all this. I have to believe that the judge will be able to see the kind of person that you are. I guess I was pretty rotten to you and Helene, I say. I know, you know, before. I don't remember it, but I'm still so sorry. Never mind that, she replies. Let's focus on how things are now. Helene is only four. 
or Helen. We've never figured out which one. Let's go with Helen. I like that better. Helen is only four, so she understands nothing about my problems. Actually, the only time I feel really relaxed these days is when I'm sitting on the floor with her playing Barbies, something the old Chase would have been caught dead doing. I'm pushing Malibu Barbie's beach cruiser, giving Ken a ride to the luau, when I notice Dad filming me on his phone. I thought playing with a four-year-old interferes with your focus on important things, like football, I tell him. Are you kidding, champ? He exclaims. We can show this at your trial. It's a hearing. Whatever. It'll prove to the judge that you're a great big brother. What a great big brother you are. And that will get you back on the football field. I sigh. I guess you think I'm a pretty big moron for returning that medal. He actually seems to mull it over. Well, I'd be lying if I didn't say it would have been a lot smarter for you just to slip it under Mr. Soloway's door. Yeah, tell me about it. But you did the right thing, he adds. That medal's worthless to you. You didn't earn it. Not like your state championship, let's say. It only has value to Mr. Soloway. Finally, something Chase's dad understands. I don't know how valuable it is to him either. He can't remember anything of what he did to win it. He blanked out the way I blanked out my whole past. Dad shrugs. Even if you can't remember it, it still happened. I loved the kid you used to be. I start to protest, and he holds up a hand. Let me finish. Just because I missed the old chase doesn't mean I don't appreciate who you are now. I'm not blind. I see the bond you have with Helen. You think that would be... Do you think that would have been possible before your accident? I thought you considered that kind of stuff weakness. He reddens. I just didn't know the new you yet. It takes strength to eat the blame and not rat out Aaron and Bear, especially when they more than deserve it, or try to make things right with Mr. Soloway or even the Weber kid, whether they appreciate it or not. You're strong, all right, and stupid, but everybody has stupid moments. The trick is not to let a few bad moments cost you the game. There's something in his expression that I've never noticed before. It was probably there a lot before the accident, but this is the first time I actually see it. Pride. Which is going to be worth exactly zero in front of a judge. As I step through the metal detector at the courthouse, I freeze. I've been here before, and the memory comes flooding back. Move it along, son, the security guard urges me. Plenty of people in line behind you. Right, sorry. I stumble forward and make room for mom, Johnny, dad, Mr. Landau, and Mr. Landau, excuse me, our lawyer. I must look a little shaky because my brother whispers, hang in there, kid. I nod, wrapped up in my latest flashback, arriving in this very building with Aaron, Bear, and our families. What I remember most is my anger, my outrage that the three of us were being hauled into court for booby-trapping Joel's piano. I was mad at everybody. Joel, the Webbers, the school, the police. Didn't they know who I was? Chase Ambrose, MVP at the state championship game. We ruled the school. Whatever we did was okay because we were the ones who did it. Yeah, I was mad, and I can practically feel the heart of my the heat of my rage, excuse me, radiating through my memory. What a difference a few months make. Back then I had such a high opinion of the great Chase Ambrose that I considered myself untouchable. Now it's the opposite. I hate myself so much, there's no way a judge could hate me more. That's why Mr. Landau has been so frustrated with me. How can you create a defense for someone who can't or, who can't or won't defend himself? It's not that I want to get sent to juvie. I don't. But I'm 100% guilty. I took the medal, I hid the medal, and if I'd been my old self, I would have sold the medal and pocketed the money. There it is, my whole case. That's probably why Mr. Landau is betting everything on character witnesses. 
because I refuse to say anything on my own behalf. I hear my mom drawing a tremulous, a tremulous excuse me, breath as we enter the courtroom. My dad puts an arm around my shoulders. Believe it or not, I don't even shrug it off. Right now, I need all the support I can get. When I take my first look around, I almost lose it. Everybody's here. Brendan and Kimmy are sitting with the video club, along with a whole lot of kids from school. I see Coach Davenport and a group of football players, Joey and Landon and some others. Miss DeLeo is there too, along with several of my teachers. In the front row, I'm shocked to find Shoshana, Joel, and their parents. Shoshana catches me looking at her and quickly turns her head. I'm blown away. I already know I'm not the most popular kid in Hiawassee, but the fact that so many people despise me so much that they'd take time out of their day to come and watch me get sentenced to juvie is the most painful thing I've ever had to face. All that's, all that's missing is the stalks so the angry mob can throw rotten vegetables at me. Judge Garfinkel comes in and spends the first few minutes reviewing the case file while I sit there and stew. Oh, I remember now. He turns his sharp gaze on me. Young man, I told you if I ever saw you in my courtroom again, things would go very hard with you. What do you have to say for yourself? Mr. Landau starts to get up, and while he's buttoning his jacket, I reply, Nothing, Your Honor. I don't remember why I stole Mr. Soloway's medal. I wouldn't do it today, but I definitely did it then. The judge nods gravely. I appreciate your honesty. You're making my job easier, if not any more pleasant. I have some character witnesses who'd like to be heard, Mr. Landau announces, if it pleases the court. Judge Garfinkel sighs. Proceed. Mom goes first, dripping, through, dripping enough tears to wrap the wood of the witness stand. Her main message is what a difficult child I used to be and how much I've changed since my accident. She spends a lot of time talking about how seriously injured I was and how long I was un unconscious. This comes from Mr. Landau's careful coaching, but Judge Garfinkel looks about as easy to persuade as someone whose giant stone head, sorry, as, as one of those giant stone heads on Easter Island. Dad is next, and I'm amazed at some of the things he has to say. I thought all he cared about was that I'm a chip off the old block, but he only mentions football once. What kid doesn't act like he's got it all figured out when he's Chase's age? Even so, getting to know my own son the way he is now, I almost wish someone had pushed me off a roof when I was 13. I'm stunned. The very best part of my father's 48 years was the time he spent in middle and high school. He considers himself to be the ultimate athlete, hotshot, and big man on campus. He has never, not once, allowed for even the remotest possibility that his youth was anything less than perfect. Until today, when he thought it might help me. Dr. Cooperman comes up to confirm that my head trauma was as serious as we say it was, enough to bring on amnesia and enough to cause a personality change. Judge Garfinkel frowns. And the personality change is permanent? It's impossible to tell, the doctor admits. In many ways, we know more about, the out about outer space than we do about the innermost workings of the human brain. But there's every reason to believe that Chase is a new person. As Dr. Cooperman steps down, the bailiff reads the name of the next character witness. Shoshana Weber! What? I'm frozen in my chair. That's gotta be a mistake. But no, Shoshana's gotten up and she's heading towards the stand. I tug on Mr. Landau's sleeve. No, I hiss. This character witness thinks I'm a subhuman garbage. She's still avoiding eye contact with me. But there's an intense expression on her face. She's a girl on a mission, and I know exactly what the mission is, 
to bury me. She doesn't say anything. She just sits there, steam building inside her like a boiler about to explode. Not good. Oh, this is not, 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 not good. Miss Weber prompts the judge. I know Chase is guilty, she begins. He's guilty of a lot of things, but he's done a lot of good things too. He's trying, even if he isn't always succeeding. Judge Garfinkel, Garfinkel, excuse me, clears his throat. Young lady, the purpose of a character witness is to vouch for character, not to point out our faults. I was getting to that part, she tells him. The big question is, is what kind of person is Chase going to be now? He gave the medal back. That's a plus. But there are minuses, too. Like at school, when he lied to cover up for his old friends. I'm not saying that to make him look bad. I'm trying to give you a totally fair picture of Chase today. Thanks to falling off that roof, he's been given a chance to restart his whole life. Maybe it hasn't been perfect. She struggles for the right words. I'm silently pulling for her not to find them. I'm grateful that she doesn't seem to hate me as much as before, but this isn't helping. And, the judge prods, I was harder on Chase than anybody else, she explains. And some of that was justified, and some of it wasn't. I guess what I mean is, if I have faith that he's going to turn out okay, you can take it to the bank. And I'm amazed to say this, but I just know he'll be a good person. Huh? It wasn't the kind of testimonial Mr. Landau was hoping for, but it was completely honest. For sure, I wasn't expecting to hear the words good person coming from Shoshana, not when she was talking about me. Don't get me wrong. If the Webbers forgive me, that would be a humongous weight lift lifted off my shoulders. Mostly, though, I'm just confused. This isn't going at all the way I expected. That's admirable of you to say, Miss Weber. Judge Garfinkel comments from the bench. But that isn't what this hearing is about. Chase is charged with the theft of a medal of honor belonging to Mr. Julius Soloway, which nobody denies happened, not even Chase himself. But don't you see, she pleads, if I can misjudge him, anyone can, even a judge. Thank you for your testimony, he tells Shoshana. Let's move along. Would anyone else here like to say something on behalf of this young man? The chorus of squeaking chairbacks and shuffling feet is louder than it should be. That's when I realize every single person in the gallery has gotten up. They cross the courtroom in the direction of the witness stand. Kids, teachers, and parents alike. The only occupied seats belong to my family and Mr. Landau. Everybody else is in line in front of the bewildered bailiff. Video club kids I know I, I, know I pushed around in the past. Teachers whose classes I used to disrupt. Football players who thought I deserted them. Even Joel and his parents. I stare at them. Practically everyone I know. Waiting their, sorry, waiting their turn to support the bully who deserves no support at all. They nod encouragingly at me, wave, flash me a thumbs up. The picture doesn't last long. My eyes fill with tears, and it's a blur. I was afraid I might cry at some point during the hearing, but not because of this. This is something I could have never imagined in a million centuries. I bite down hard on the side of my mouth and my vision clears a little. From the bench, Judge Garfinkel, Garfinkel excuse me, gazes at the milling crowd. All right, I get it, he turns to me. This is impressive. Sorry, this is, let me try this again. This is impressive, and I don't deny you must have completed an incredible turnaround, but a serious crime has been committed here, and not the first offense either. Chase, can you guarantee that you're no longer the same person who stole Mr. Soloway's medal? I sense salvation so close I can almost reach out and squeeze it. 
All I have to do is say yes, and I'm off the hook. It's a happier ending than I could have ever dreamed of, far happier than any might expect. And yet, how do I know I'm 100% different? As the memories continue to trickle back, it's pretty clear the old me and the new me are two separate chases. Can I really claim to be no longer the same person? Of course, that wouldn't stop me from telling the judge what he wants to hear. It's, it's what the old chase would do. Take the easy way out. Like the time in Dr. Fitzwallis' office. Lie, cheat, say anything to beat the rap. I'd be proving that I haven't changed one bit. Okay, Judge Garfinkel. Okay, Judge Garfinkel will never know the difference. But I will. And in that instant, I understand that being true to myself is more important than fooling the judge with the power to send me to juvie. I shake my head sadly. I'm sorry, Your Honor, but I can't make that guarantee. I feel different. I have no urge to do the things I used to do. But the person who stole the medal was inside me once. I can't promise that he's gone forever. There's almost a wind in the courtroom. All those people deflating at the same time. Shoshana, Joel, Brendan, my parents. Judge Garfinkel lets out a heavy breath. In that case, Chase Ambrose, you've left me no choice. It is the decision of this court that you will be remanded excuse me, to the ju juvenile authorities. Now hold on just one cotton-picking minute. In the excitement, nobody's noticed in the courtroom. The doors have been flung open wide. In shuffles, Mr. Julius Soloway, war hero, struggling behind his walker. Around the neck of his one and only suit hangs his Medal of Honor, freshly polished and gleaming. The look in his blazing eyes painly says he intends to take on the world and win. That gets the judge's attention. I assume I'm addressing Mr. Soloway. Please take a seat, sir. No, I'm not going to take a seat, Mr. Soloway replies belligerently. Excuse me. All this ruckus is over a stupid medal. Well, here it is with its rightful owner. Case closed. Now, let's all go home. It's taco night on Portland Street. The judge is respectful but firm. It doesn't work that way, Mr. Soloway. A crime has been committed here, even if it now has a satisfactory ending. What crime? Mr. Soloway challenges. Chase didn't steal my medal. I loaned it to him. I jump up. Mr. Soloway, don't! What do you know about it? The old soldier roars at me. You fell on your head and lost your memory. Who are you going to believe, Judge? The fellow who remembers or the fellow who doesn't? Judge Garfinkel frowns. This may be juvenile court, but it's still a court of law. We deal with truth and only truth. The truth is that this is a good kid. How many people do you have to hear it from? Mr. Soloway indicates the lineup in front of the witness stand. I'd trust him with my medal anytime. Why wouldn't I? Mr. Lando steps forward eagerly. I believe Mr. Soloway has introduced reasonable doubt. The judge snorts a laugh at him. Watch it, counsel. I'm not an idiot. His harsh expression softens. However, in light of this incredible show of community support, plus the testimony of a decorated veteran, I'm going to dismiss the charge against Chase Ambrose. He looks at me straight in the eye. Don't prove me wrong. I breathe and realize breathing is something I haven't been doing since Mr. Soloway came shuffling through that door. An enormous cheer goes up in the courtroom. I'm hugged, kissed, and high-fived. My hand is pumped to the point where my elbow is jelly. My back is pounded until Miss Dr. Cooperman warns about my internal injuries. The football players carry me around on their shoulders. Coach Davenport complains that he hasn't seen this much team spirit all season.
there, high above my celebrating supporters, I experience another flashback. It's the state championship from last season. And this is our on-field victory dance. My teammates hoisting the newly crowned MVP up in the air. I slap myself in the face to dispel the memory before I spot Aaron and Bear to spoil it. I'm feeling so many things at the same time. I'm relieved, obviously. But it's also strange to owe so many people such a debt of gratitude. Gratitude, excuse me. I'm back on the floor. I say thank you over and over again until my lips and tongue go numb. And when the crowd finally begins to thin out, I realize that the last person embracing me isn't my mother. It's Shoshana. We jump apart, but Joel is already standing there, pointing and laughing. I guess he's not going in the wood chipper after all, he says to his sister. I look at her questioningly. She turns bright red and mumbles, see you at school tomorrow. She starts to walk away and turns and echoes Jarf echoes Jar Judge Garfinkel's parting words, Chase, don't prove me wrong. Come to think of it, Shoshana would make a pretty good judge. She'd make an even better jury and executioner. I wouldn't want her any other way. When the Webbers leave, I'm down on my last thank you, and this one's the most important. Mr. Soloway has established himself in the front row of the gallery. He's scowling at me. You know, kid, you make a lousy lawyer. You almost blew it up there. Mr. Soloway, you know I didn't I didn't lend you didn't lend me that medal. He shrugs ex expansively, excuse me. I would have. Besides, you have amnesia. I'm old. Who remembers? But think where you'd be if I hadn't been able to get a lift over here. Thank you so much, I quiver, think thinking about how hard it is for him to get around. Don't thank me. Thank her. He motions to the back of the courtroom. There by the door stands Corinne. One hand, on one hand holds on to Helen, the other to the keys to her van. She's beaming at me. It's funny, when I woke up in the hospital at the end of summer, I didn't even know myself, much less anybody else. I hope I never again experience a feeling that lonely. But today, with my entire future at stake, I wasn't alone. The Chase Ambrose I used to be never would have assembled such support. Mom and Dad, Johnny, probably Aaron and Bear, who would have been worse than anybody as character witnesses. Maybe a few more teammates out of obligation. That would have been the sum total of my cheering section. I follow my family out into the steps of the courthouse and take a tremendous lungful of free air. How many people ever get a do-over at life? Falling on my head was the best thing that ever happened to me. And the last chapter, chapter 30, Brendan Espinoza. That'll have to come next. Chapter 30, Brendan Espinoza. It has been the most incredible transformation in the history of middle school. No, not Chase Ambrose going from thug, bully, psychopath to human being. Although surely that's in the top 10. I'm talking about the fact that Kimberly likes me now. I swear I'm back in black and blue from pinching myself to make sure I'm not dreaming. But it's 100% true. I even call her Kimmy. It's like a pet name. Nobody else calls her that. If that's not the real thing, I don't know what is. It was the first big fight at Portland Street that did it. When Kimmy saw me sacrificing myself and getting the snot kicked out of me, trying to protect her from Aaron and Bear, that's what put it over the top. I was like a knight in shining armor, although Kimmy says it's mostly because she was so amazed I wasn't dead. Whatever. Before this, she had trouble remembering my name. 
Anyways, a bruised draw a jaw is a small price to pay for a girlfriend, especially in the most mad, especially the most mad awesome one in all of Hiawassee. I'm not even worried that she might go back to her old crush on Chase. It looks like Chase and Shoshana might be starting to turn into something. Not that I'm planning double dates with them anytime soon. No sense in playing with fire. Chase played his first football game of the season last week and really tore it up scoring three touchdowns and gaining 180 yards. Shoshana annoyed the crowd by standing in the middle of the bleachers, delivering a long speech about how she isn't a football fan and never intends to become one. Maybe, maybe not. After all, people change. Look at Chase himself, or Kimmy, or the video club. Who knows less about football? But we got some amazing footage of that game. Coach Davenport liked it so much, he made the Hurricanes, he made us, sorry, the Hurricanes, official videographers. The pep... The pep band has a new student musical director too, Joel Weber. The players are kind of nice to us now. Well, most of them anyway. Aaron and Bear are still their usual usual Neanderthal selves. Then again, everything that happened pretty much exposed those two to the bullies and delinquents they are. Who cares about them? They're kind of outcasts. Chase says even the other Hurricanes pretty much ignore them. Not that the two, not that those two being losers was ever a newsflash to me. Chase is back on the video club where he belongs. In fact, he's a bigger star there than football. The word just came in that Warrior took first prize in the National Video Journalism Contest. Chase is the sole winner since Chirshana removed her name from the project when she thought he attacked Joel. Miss DeLeo is trying to get that fixed. The Vidiots have adopted Mr. Soloway as our official mascot. We wanted, we wanted to make him our official war hero, but he objects to the word hero. He's not too crazy about war either. Well, he may not let him call us our hero, but he's definitely my hero because of what he did in court for Chase that day. But of course, he was a hero long before any of us were born. The United States Army was so convinced of it, they awarded him its very highest honor. Just don't try to ask him about it. I can't remember anything, kid. Don't bug me, he barks at his best crabby old man voice. Talk to Chase. He'll tell you what it's like to blank something out. Actually, Chase is recalling more and more these days. He's still got a long way to go before his amnesia is totally cured. But every now and then, I'll see him in the school halls, gray in the face and haunted. And I know he just remembered some horrible thing he did in his former life. Poor guy. Maybe, maybe one day he'll get used to it, and it won't bother him so much. But I'm not holding my breath. I always thought the purpose of Video Club was to create something so off the chain that it goes viral and makes you famous. But that's not the point at all. The best thing about Video Club is the people you discover along the way. Like Mr. Soloway, or Kimmy, who probably never would have noticed me otherwise, or Chase, who I spent three quarters of my life being afraid of, and is now one of my best friends. Which doesn't mean that you have to give up on the viral part. Gimme, Kimmy, <laughs> Kimmy took my raw footage from One Man Band and edited out everything except for the part where I'm trapped in the tuba, being shot with the fire extinguisher foam. And then she posted to YouTube under the title, Worst Tuba Fail Ever, and it's already been viewed 360,000 times. Unbelievable. I have a viral video. Well, technically, it's Kimmy's video, since she posted on her own account and never mentioned my name, not even once. I'm just the doofus in the tuba, wiggling like a hula dancer and foaming at the mouth, but it still counts. It proves anything is possible. Kimmy and me, a YouTube sensation even Chase Ambrose turning out to be a nice guy. And that's the end of the book. 
Hopefully you enjoyed listening, guys, and we'll have to figure out what we're going to read next. Have a great day.